You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. Personal responsibility, political accountability, and corporate culpability. We must eliminate poverty. I don't care what color the person or child. see a glass half empty, but are obstinate see a glass half full. Are we locked into regressive mentality by change unseen? If you try to fail and then succeed, what should you done? Do you ask enough questions or do you settle for what you know? The only questions that really matter are the ones you ask yourself. Welcome to Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Christy Gaynell is back. Welcome to the Venture Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning, Christy. It is always fantabulous to have you back in the saddle with me as you rock with me for the first two and a half years of the Mental Dialogue talk show. From time to time, you know, I know you out there blazing the comedian world, and I ask you to wake up early on a Saturday, which I know is not very easy to do, but I always appreciate you when you make time to return to the show, because you are surely missed, Queen. Thank you so much for being with me this morning. Good morning. Happy Saturday, everybody. It is beautiful outside. Cold but beautiful, and it's a pleasure to be here. I do miss y'all. I know I, I don't always get up and call in, but I do miss y'all. So it's a pleasure to be back. No, absolutely glad to have you back as we are taking on a discussion that, you know, I don't know if we will agree wholeheartedly on, and that's kind of what made us famous a couple of years ago. when We were, in a sense, making a name for ourselves with the Mr. Dialogue discuss, you know, talk show. And as I said in the intro, uh, you know, we like to push the envelope uh, on the questions people are afraid to ask. And I always tell people we're the best in the world at having hard conversations on race and sex. And so you are absolutely the right person for this morning's show. And I'll go ahead and let the cat out the bag for the discussion question. For those who are first-time listening, again, I go by the name Black Socrates. And so we always tackle our show in the form of a question as we, in a sense, take the Socratic method to getting to the right answers by asking the right questions. So this morning's discussion question, should a man take responsibility for a child he never wanted? Should a man take responsibility for a child he never wanted? And Christy was still starting to show off like we've always started to show off. And again, I've had you here from time to time. And so I just wanted to ask you that question and just give me your initial thought without going too deep. I know you got plenty to go with it, 
But just when I said, hey, can you get up this morning with me and do this show? When you heard the title worded that way, the question worded that way, what was the first thought that popped in your head? You know, my first thought when I heard that question was, hell yeah. But, you know, I've given it some more thought since then. So um, my answer is still, hell yeah. (laughs) So even after more contemplation, <laughs> you settled on your first thought. <laughs> hey, what, well, hey, what they say I, in life is to go with your first mind, right? <laughs> no, I'm sorry, go ahead. I've please. added some context in my mind, but uh, that's that was my first thought for sure. No, I can dig that. I can dig that. And so um, I'll just share. A lot of times I don't share my first thought, uh, but I. But basically, um, for anybody out there listening, you may have seen I actually um, was scrambling this week to figure out exactly what we're going to do for the show, and I actually put up a poll, and this was one of the ones that was highly voted on for the different questions that we were asking. And so I'll share, in a sense, my initial thought. Um, Years ago, my initial thought would have been exactly like yours, Christy, I'll say that. When I was much younger, um, definitely was a hell yeah and now with a little more life experience, I would say I don't know if that's exactly where I land. And so I think that's where, you know, maybe we'll have some point of contentions. And and I throw this out just to even highlight, especially for first-time listeners, uh, we definitely believe that the, the learning happens in having different trains of thoughts. And sometimes I may just be pushing the envelope. And I do want to push the envelope with this question because for years I felt exactly like you did, Christy. And over the years I've come to a different position partly because um, you may know this. um, I have a new show that I do, and just highlight this very briefly. I have a new show every Wednesday night called Just My Three Cents. It's a 30-minute rapid-fire interactive dialogue. And the first show I actually did, was about black men taking accountability. And so um, I basically shared a cut that I'm actually going to share here um, after the first break that, that kind of we use on that show to dig deeper and get into a nuanced discussion. For those that may have seen the promotions for this show, uh, we were asking a bunch of questions. I'll share some of them here for those who haven't seen it. And these are the type of things that we want to delve into today and, you know, hear Christy's thoughts on this as well. Um, you know, like, for example, uh, you know, unfortunately, um, we get into this situation where um, a moment of pleasure, a moment of hot sex, if you will, sometimes leads to a, quote, unquote, unwanted pregnancies in a, in a lot of situations. And ideally, you would absolutely want and expect the man and woman in that situation to take care of the children. Uh, in the past, it was very commonplace that people would have that moment and actually get married. And, you know, in 2021, that's not – that sometimes may still be put on the table, but typically it's a situation where if, the, in a sense, they're going to have the, – if they're going to have the child, then there's going to be trying to figure out how they're going to co-parent it based on their situation. Uh, this definitely happens in our community as African Americans. Uh, well, not so much – this happens to, to – most children are born between the ages – for women ages of 20 to 30. And so – um, just to even throw this out there, we know in our community a lot of our children are born outside of marriage, if you will. Uh, but in reality, a lot of times when people think of these type of discussions, a, t- a lot of times the focus is on teenage pregnancy when the reality is more children are born 
from the ages of 20 and 30. So in a sense, there is a decision being made, not necessarily two young people that carelessly have a baby. That still happens, but again, I just wanted to dialogue and make sure I explain that this conversation is not in the context of just two young teenagers, uh, in a sense, getting themselves in a situation that they didn't expect to. Um, But again, more situations are happening as people are adults, and this conversation still comes up, if you will. So I don't want to put that context. And in some situations, um, you know, people decide to abort the child. And then in some situations, there's one parent who wants to abort and one who doesn't. In the case of the man, if he's the one wanting the child and she decides to, in most cases, he has no choice in that matter and he has to contend with it. And then when it's reversed, which is really kind of, I think the crust of the situation is when it's a situation where um, he doesn't want it and the woman wants it. And unfortunately, that sometimes brings a point of contention once the baby is here, uh, whether that man is going to step up and be involved in the child's life or in some situations, women are having to put men on child support and almost force their hand, if you will. And I think that's the gist of where this conversation can take and will take place, if you will. So uh, we've got about a minute before break. Um, just so you can give a quick thought before we, you know, go into break based on some of those questions that we're going to hope and attempt to answer today. Um, just give me a quick thought, if you will, Christy, before we go to break. Actually, there was another scenario I was hoping we could also get into, and okay. that's the scenario where uh, the man actually gets the woman pregnant on purpose thinking he can trap her or keep her, but then uh, decides when she doesn't stay or when she don't stay with him, he don't want to take care of the child either because she's gone. So I think that um, I think that does happen sometimes, and I and I think uh, that's a, a part of a conversation we might want to consider as well. No, absolutely. I, when you thought when you said it, I usually think of it in reverse that it happens more the other way. But yeah, you're right. Some men do that as well. So yeah, we I think we'll just kind of dialogue about that whole situation all together, regardless of quote unquote who's trapping who, if you will. All right. With that said, for the caller out there, we will get the callers in um, coming out of the break. Uh, we'll get this discussion started, and then um, seven seven uh, last three three seven seven. We'll get to you as well. For anybody out there listening, we do want to open up the phone lines, which is six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. Again, that's six four six seven eight seven one six nine one, and you can get in on this morning's discussion with us. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? It's so good, it should be illegal. But if you miss the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of intelligent radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think. If you are a teenager or have a teenager who wants to be an entrepreneur, this commercial is for you. 20-year-old J.L. Priester brings you the Passion to Profits virtual webinar for youth 20 and under looking to get a jump start on entrepreneurship. J.L. started her first business at 14 years old and now teaches young entrepreneurs how by the age of 16, she was earning up to $75 an hour vending at events, 
sometimes bringing in over 1800 in one weekend as an entrepreneur. JL's hands-on, step-by-step teaching style makes the Passion to Profits webinar an easy-to-understand guide into first-time entrepreneurship. JL also loves to share her marketing secrets for how she grew an online community to generate repeat customers. If you have an idea you are passionate about and want to turn that into a profitable, well-run business, then look no further than the Passion to Profit online webinar, Saturday, November the 20th, 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. For ticket info, please visit mycaponya.com. That's M-Y-K-U-P-O-N-Y-A.com. To do to a woman in front of you for you to hold them accountable. Because I just saw a video of one of the uh, women I follow talking about her deadbeat baby father. And the motherfucking talking about some you picked them. You think you think when they met, he was like, if we have kids, I'm going to be a deadbeat and leave and shit? Or do you think he probably was telling her you want to be a father like his father wasn't for him and shit like that? It seemed like all women problems come from daddy issues. And it seemed like all of, definitely all the men problems come from daddy issues. It seemed like the common denominator is men. I feel like motherfuckers jump hurdles and drive around all type of shit just to not hold men accountable. So I ask again, what does a man have to do to a woman in front of you? Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Christy Gaydale, my original co-host of two and a half years. So again, thank Queen, thank you for being back with us. This morning's discussion question, should a man take responsibility for a child he never wanted? As you hear a cut that was real popular, went viral on the internet uh, from a young man just telling his perspective. And you always caught, hear this common comment from men, in a sense, you, you chose, in a sense, that dad beat daddy or whatever. And I think we just want to start there because, again, when you ask this question, I think that's what really pops in my mind, the idea of a quote-unquote dad beat daddy. That actually, I played that cut on my Just My Three Cents when we did the Black Men and Accountability from, from some weeks ago. And I challenge that cut, but I want to hear your thoughts when you hear it. For the, I don't know if it's your first time hearing it, Crystal, or you may have seen it when it went viral, but what are your thoughts when you hear that cut? That is my first time hearing it, actually, and the, whoever said that, because that is a lot of times the um, narrative when women talk about the struggles that they're having when raising their children by themselves then people, especially men, will say stuff like that. Oh, you chose him or, you know, you you need to have higher standards and you need to do this. And they're not saying that when they're trying to get in your pants, you know. They're definitely not saying that when they're chasing you down in the club or wherever it is that they meet you, trying to tell you, you know, all the things that they can do to make your life amazing. (laughs) But as soon as responsibility comes into the picture, they step out of the picture in a lot of cases. And um, and then that's not necessarily the defense of the of the the person in question, but it's like it seems to be like the defense of other men, you know, who want to justify their own behavior or justify their own actions or their own lack of responsibility. Um, so I feel, I feel good 
hearing that there are some men out there who have a who also recognize that there are a lot of men trying to use these kinds of this kind of language to escape responsibility or escape or not take accountability, not take um, responsibility to shift the blame, so to speak. Um, that's, and that, for me, that's always been one of my big issues is I find that a lot of men are blame shifters. Like they don't want to acknowledge the part they played in whatever's going on in their life. They would rather play the victim, which to me is kind of, it's kind of funny, right? Because men typically are known as like hunters. They're like, oh, I like to chase. I'm on the crowd. You know, they use all this language of, you know, going after chasing, prowling to, to define or distinguish how they approach women. But as soon as the situation is something that they don't like, then it's, oh, I, she trapped me, she tricked me, she did this, I, I didn't want any part of it. Like, no, nigga, you hunted that shit down and you did that to yourself. Now own it. I uh, respect the thoughts. I'm going to go ahead and get the caller to keep the bit on hold too long, and I'll give you some thoughts as well. The one thing I will say, um, when you say, you know, hearing that cut, you hear that some men, I, I would offer in our community there are more men that feel to a degree like the young man you heard in that cut. Um, than some men, but we'll, again, we'll get into that dialogue and get to some of these calls. Actually, we've got a couple callers that want to get in, so let's get to the callers. Area code seven seven zero last three three seven seven. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. Yes, good morning, Montoya. This is Esna Tianti calling from Congress, and good seeing you last night. Absolutely, um, Queen. I just want to be real brief with this. <clears throat> so both parties know the possibilities of pregnancy. This is a known fact. So this is an issue of both of those people weighing the probabilities of that action occurring. Men having the hands forced when he had the choice to change course of mating with this woman is where the responsibility and discussion must be had. And I tell my son, whoever you lay with, simply being the mother of your child, and if not, then don't lay. So the accountability, the accountability is on both. So no man's hand is forced if he wasn't um, forcing his genitalia in that woman. That's a choice. So you have to bear the responsibility and be accountable for your actions that you already know going in, pun intended, of what the outcome might be. Now, I, I love the responsibility and task that you give to your son in that situation. And, um, yeah, similar, I have thought if you can't stay with her, don't lay with her, it's something that, um, you know, I, you know, as an older man, I, I think I completely understand. And more so, I love specifically how you said it, you know, could or you know, are you okay with this being the mother of your child? Because at the end of the day, when it comes to, uh, you know, lustful moments, we're not always thinking about that. And so if we're not thinking about that, then that's where I think it is absolutely imperative that we are protecting ourselves, doing everything we can to avoid that situation and the risk of having a child with somebody you have not vetted on what type of mother or what type of father will they be is really hurt, you know, really detrimental to the children in most cases. But thank you for your thoughts, Queen. I'll give you, um, uh, Chris, any thoughts to what um, um, 
is the had to say. Yeah, I agree with her, and I actually felt, said the same thing to my son. As you know, um, every time you think about sleeping with a woman, think to yourself, it, is this somebody that I want in my life for the rest of my life? Because that's what you're setting yourself up before. Like, once you have a child, I mean, a lot of men tend to think, well, I don't really have to deal with her, even if she does get pregnant, or, you know, like they think, oh, I could just give her some money, and then I don't really have to deal with her. But once you have a child with somebody, that child is, that woman and that child are going to be a part of your life for the rest of your life. So uh, you really have to think about what you're doing and the choices that you're making. And if that's not something you see yourself, you know, wanting for your life, you know, because a lot of a lot of people will be like, "I don't want to spend my life with her. She's crazy." But that don't stop you from laying with her. You know what I mean? Then they be like, "Well, you know, crazy women got the best pussy." Well, okay, then you better be prepared to take care of that crazy baby too. <laughs> hey, love it. Thank you for the thoughts. This we've got actually another caller. Want to get in? If you want to get back in, just come okay. on and back in the one. But thank you, Queen, for your three cents this morning. All right, let's go to the next caller. Again, I'm gonna I'm gonna shake the, shake this whole thing up once I get in on this thing, but I want to make sure I take care of the callers. Uh, you got yeah, you ready for it, ain't you, Chris? Area code nine five four last three four seven four. Give us your name, where you calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. This is Rashad. This is Rashad calling from um, Miami, Florida. Um, hey, Rashad, thanks for calling in. I live in Chicago. Yeah, you, you know who I am. I'm just calling oh, for yeah, a different number today. Yeah, no doubt. I remember. You, you know, um, yeah, so um, first thing I want to say, like, you know, so it's it's pretty interesting how, you know, it's mostly black people having these conversations. You know you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you don't hear this a lot in, in, in the white race. I'm going to point that out, first of all. Um, and then second of all, like, I, I agree, Um, if you, if you have a baby or if, if a man has a – has a child in this world and he has to take care of that child. Um, see, the thing is though, is that us, us, us men hold each other accountable. Like we don't, you know, you, you don't see really successful or a successful men hanging around like deadbeat dads like that because these people have different characteristics than mm-hmm. the normal man does. You know what I mean? At the same time, I can I, I can um, say it like this: uh, Where's the woman that's holding these women accountable for the men that they choose? Because let me tell you something. Like growing up, I, women, girls knew this. Like from growing up, they want bad boys. They want bad dudes. If you go back, and every every person gonna tell you this. Every black, every every man, boy is gonna tell you this. It's the woman that's choosing these type of men. You know, you understand what I'm saying? It's the woman that they don't want to choose this church man over here. Or they don't want to choose this good man. They know he's a good man, but no, they want a bad dude. And you can see this in the industries. You can see this in the, in, with the with the rappers and all that. Look at all these women chasing chasing these type of men. They they know that this man not not may not be a good man, but he looks good on him. He looks he looks masculine. Okay, there's there's church men that look masculine. So it's not it's not you know. So we have to be honest about that. That's that's what I'm saying about that. Because at, at the end of the day, even pimps know this. It's the woman that choose the man. All the time, you can't you can't rape a woman. Yes, and if you can. rape a woman, I, I go back to that. If you rape a woman and, it, and and you have to go to prison for it, they have to put you in a whole other different unit because a, a man gonna rape you about raping about because man because 
people don't like racism, especially in the black race. That's what I'm going to say right there. You know, if I got anything else, I'll call back in and say. Sounds good. Uh, your thoughts, Christy, to what Rashad had to say. This man is delusional. Oh, my God. Like, first of all, we're not even talking about rape here, but women get raped all the time by men. Like, literally more than one-fourth of all women in this country are raped by men, especially in the black community, and it's often covered over. So while you're talking about people holding each other accountable for it, that's not really happening in our community. So well, let, me ask you, let me ask you, since you're going to say that, so um, when you say it's not being held accountable, I always think that's an unfair comment, un- honestly, since we're going to go here real quick, and hopefully we'll get back right back on topic. But it's unfair because in the sense of the society, as the brother just said, even if you are a rapist in prison, prison other men don't care for. And then in society, if we can, we try to put you in prison. The reason we don't end up putting you in prison is a lot of factors, but it's not because, as the brother said, a bunch of other good men are allowing these men to go, away, go get away with raping women. So I do agree that there's a problem with the number of men who get away with rape but it's not because of a lack of accountability amongst men. It's them running in circles like the brother just pointed out because we are all in water in real life as far as the type of men that are willing to treat women that way because, like you said, even criminals don't respect rapists. So just what's your thought on that before you say it's not men holding people, other men accountable in that situation? I didn't say it's not men holding other men accountable. I said that they're not being held accountable. Okay, my fault, my fault, uh, my fault. I said, and I, there there are a lot of factors that go into covering up various situations of rape within our community. I'm not saying that that necessarily men are responsible in all of those situations or even in most of those situations. I think in a lot of situations, things are covered up to protect the men in those women's lives because um, because they don't want the, the man, the husband, the father, whatever, to end up in jail trying to kill the whoever raped their child, you know, in the mm-hmm. event that it, that wasn't the person who did it. Right, right. So right, right. I'm not saying that it's not men. Okay. I'm, not saying, I'm not putting the, the blame on men saying that they're not, you know, when they know about it, trying to do what they can to, to make those men accountable yeah. for what they did. Um, but I'm you. saying that it is often covered up, and that's very well documented within our yeah, communities man, that right. there are a lot of women that are raped on a, and regularly and that it's covered up and hidden and not really talked about and hushed-hushed and kept undercover. But that doesn't mean it's not happening. So mm-hmm. to say uh, men aren't out here raping women, that kind of triggered me like, yeah, no, they are. But this isn't what that topic's about. Like we're talking about consensual sex where a baby or children come from it and those children aren't, you know, those men don't want to take accountability. So I did also want to address the point he was talking about, about women choosing and women, you know, choosing bad boys versus church boys. First of all, all men that go to church, that does not make them good men, okay? Uh, There are a lot of predators in church because they feel like there are a lot of women there. So they be in church preying on women and trying to take advantage, like, there are so many situations and in, in where women are put into situations thinking not necessarily that this is a bad boy or this is a bad guy. There are a lot of situations where women are misled to believe that somebody is a good, loving provider 
per- type of person. And right. then let me, let me, let me do this. Let me do this real quick. Let me do this real quick. So to, to, to keep it in the context that Rashard brought us to, because I think what you just said is, is a different situation and we should talk about it. So let's, talk, let's put that on the table just a little bit. So let's just keep it simple. He just chose, I think he just chose to use the word bad boy and church boys. How about the obvious times when it is choosing bad boy over good boy? Because like I said, the scenario you said is a real one too, but I don't think it's the context he meant it in. So he, I, again, he just, I think he just chose to use the word church guys. So in the sense of choosing a bad boy over a good man, if you will, sometimes some, some people do, some women make that choice. What are your thoughts for the women who make that choice? Because I think that's what he's asking about. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll say this too, you know, just so you understand where I'm coming from. I don't think that's what most women are doing, but that does happen too because I think women are doing some of what, you know, where they're being misled too. So that happens too. But I, if, if I'm being clear, those are two different contexts. So in the vein that he used, what do you think of it from that standpoint? Well, even within that situation, I don't necessarily think women are – I mean, there are – I'm not going to lie. There are some women who prefer a edgier type of man, but I think in a lot of cases, those men are more aggressive, like and, – and they um, – women don't necessarily always feel like they're they have a choice you know with regard to like if the if the quote-unquote good guy is like quiet sitting in the corner somewhere or not really showing interest and the bad boy is like in your face all night trying to talk to you then it it kind of skews the scenario to where the woman come on christy come on christy like like let's be fair from this standpoint like, I'm not saying what you're saying don't exist. But I'm saying it's being fair is, I'm talking about, how about the obvious choosing of? I'm talking about, the, the, and again, I'm not talking about all women. I'm, nothing's all women. I'm talking about, in this specific context, a lot of sisters choose and say they openly want the bad guys. They're, they're highly sought after, highly sought after as well. Like, that's a reality for some women. So, for the women that that, that is, just what are your thoughts? I'm not talking about Let's, you know, like I say, let's take rape off the table, but some of those guys are definitely the guys who are not taking the responsibility and is well known. They can even have several baby mamas already, and they still have no problems getting. So that's the scenario that we're painting. So like I say, let's be honest about that scenario versus painting a different scenario. What are your, what are your thoughts about that choice? I really think, well, like I said, men see themselves as hunters and, you know what I mean, like, they're the ones out there making the choice. You guys always want to be like, women choose, and I think men choose. So I I, I fundamentally uh, disagree with that. I mean, women do have, might, might have a preference. They might turn down certain types of men that approach them, but I don't know that they're out here choosing necessarily Nobody chooses to have their life destroyed, right? Nobody's walking around thinking, this nigga's going to destroy my life. Let me give him some. Like, that's not what's happening out here. There's something going on. All right, we all get some break. All right, we all get some break. I'll let and you finish the thought, and we got some other callers, too. Sorry about that. I'm actually not paying attention to my time as well, but I wanted to get this thought because, again, I told you I was going to shake the table up, so we'll continue down this vein and get to the next two callers as well. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think? I'll let you finish your thought out of the break, Chris. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. 
Like, just just simply because of the fact that he asks, can he take the condom off? She, she automatically uh, allow her little spider senses or whatever to start tingling to where she say, hey, listen, I need to back about this situation because now I know that, you know, this is not a responsible guy. And because he's not responsible with even laying down with me, even though I know I don't have anything or whatever, and we having a moment and we're having fun and we're, we want to, we want to be safe with our fun because some things happen. We want to be safe with our fun. So now should the woman automatically be like, you know what? I need to pull myself up out of this situation. Not, not because of what we're doing right now, but for the simple fact of, like moving forward in the long haul, I don't feel like this guy. Can you really use that situation to determine whether or not a guy is going to be a good father just because of the simple fact in a heated moment he wanted to take the condom off? Do you look at that as if he's going to be respons- irresponsible as a father just because he was irresponsible and laying down with that woman? So here it is. You know, we always talk about the term. We always hear now red flags, right? And I told you mm-hmm. about this. The, the largest red flag that, that ever exists is the man who says, I don't like condoms. I want to take it off. And I'm talking about especially early. Now, you know, I understand once you build a relationship. I still think this should apply even then. That should be the biggest red flag. And, yes, you need to escape about that moment because here's the reason why. In life, you got to play the percentages. So if you got a guy that's willing to be irresponsible in that moment where there's a chance that a baby could come out of this situation, even though in his head he plans to pull out, right? You know, he ain't want no baby mm-hmm. he plans to pull out or whatever. And so – but if he's willing to be irresponsible in that moment, to expect for him to be responsible once a baby, to me, is absolutely ludicrous. Now, I'm not saying every man will be irresponsible. But to expect a man who's willing to be irresponsible in that moment, to have an expectation that he will now be somebody's good daddy, is foolish as hell. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Christy Gaynell. This morning's discussion question, should a man take responsibility for a child he never wanted? As you hear a cut from one of my pop-up shows known as Thoughtful Rant, along with DeAsia Robinson, one of our Queens of Intellect members, and we had a direct dialogue about it, and she asked me, should it be a red flag? if a man is willing to be irresponsible in the heat of the moment. And as you can clearly hear me say, I said, hell yeah. So I want to let you finish your thoughts, Christy. You can respond to that. And we got a couple callers that want to get in after you. Go ahead, Queen. No, I was basically just saying, like, no woman ever goes into a situation, a sexual situation, thinking, like, I want, I want, to, I want to take this opportunity to ruin my life. I mean, mess with this guy who's not going to be at all responsible and just ruin every aspect of whatever I have to deal with raising these children by myself. I don't approach situations like that. Typically, when you're in talking to a guy or whatever, whatever the conversation is, he's leading you to believe that 
he has more dignity and character and, you know, and self-respect and, you know, some sense of responsibility about himself that makes you, you know, move forward with this person. There's something about him that makes you move forward with this person. A lot of times, you know, even as a woman, like, a lot of times men know, like, oh, that guy's a dog, that guy has a reputation, that guy's whatever, but they don't share it with the women because that breaks the male code or whatever. So women aren't necessarily just out here always like, oh, I just want, like, the most disrespectful, negative-ass nigga out here. That's not what's going on. Even women who say they want a bad boy, they want someone who still, they want a bad boy, but they want a bad boy who takes care of shit, not a bad boy who's dependent on them for shit. Uh, Let me I don't know if I agree with all that, Christy, but I want to get to these callers who are on hold, so let's do that. Area code 407, last three, 400. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Hi, Montoya. It's Ashley. Um, yeah, this <laughs> this conversation has been, I think, like pretty problematic because I, I just don't see like both sides taking accountability. I think for the last um, comment that came up, like there are definitely some women that are choosing bad boys or whatever, but like when you're having this conversation, are we talking about vetting and like repeating patterns? Because if these are the things that people have seen, this is the same shit they're going to emulate, right? If they're used to chaos and drama and baby daddies and all, like they're going to follow those same footsteps unless they've done the work to identify those patterns and heal it. But when we talk about vetting, like, who really knows how to do that within our community? When you talk about our grandparents and our great-grandparents staying in, in relationships because of obligation or because they didn't have any other financial means to get out of it, now we're in this place where you could literally Instagram, TikTok, you could find somebody anywhere. So when we talk about vetting, like, what does that really look like? Are the men vetting the women? Are the women vetting the men? No, like, it's happening too fast, and people aren't willing to take the time to actually vet someone to get to know them to see how they are through different seasons through different events tragedies births deaths all of these things and they're jumping in having sex and like there is a huge obligation that comes to that and just like as a woman a single woman 35 with no kids I automatically get called crazy because there must be something wrong with me if I don't have kids and I'm like I recognize the responsibility. I know what would be required of me as a mother, and I'm not ready for that commitment. So I'm going to do everything possible to prevent that. But people are not thinking in that mindset. All they're thinking about is what's happening in the moment. Yeah, I agree 100%. So let me ask you this, um, Ashley, because uh, I feel like I, for the most part, have you know spent my life trying to be that responsible as well. Um, so I agree that the vetting process is what's missing. And so the dialogue that I, the perspective that I really want to bring to the table, because I know this conversation can fall right into the typical blame game, and it's already started to go there to a degree, right? Um, mm-hmm. the, the, the ultimate goal is to have very nuanced conversation. And so the nuance that I want to bring to the table, and I want to hear your thoughts on this, is the unfortunate reality is what you said. Very little vetting going on. And so in the cut, you're going to hear more cuts from me in the, in the, in the next few breaks. But, the, for example, the way what I said in the, the break, 
when when Deja was asking me in the show, um, should it be a red flag if a man is willing to be careless in that moment? And I was saying, especially in the beginning. Um, you know, I, I understand because I, I fell victim to this as well. Once you've been in a relationship longer, you know, sometimes you get a little less careless with the protection, if you will. But a man early on in the beginning willing to be careless is me a direct sign to whatever you do, make sure you don't have a child with this particular person. Whether And forget the bad boy. Let's take that off the table. I'm talking about whether it's a you know, you, whether the guy's giving you game, whether he's a good dude, whether he, but if he's willing to say, let's take this condom off, I think that should be a huge red flag from the standpoint of the irresponsibility in that moment is you're not, as I said in that cut, you're not playing the percentages that that man will be willing to be responsible when he's hit with the actual responsibility of a child because he's careless then. I don't think it's in your favor to expect that man to step up. Although I wish he would, although I want him to, I don't think it's a good expectation. What do you think, Queen? I mean, I I definitely agree with you, right? Like, it it should be a huge red flag. And, like, it's a red flag for me when, like, people don't want to talk about STDs and STIs and, like, what if I do get pregnant? What if we don't use a condom, right? But, like, people aren't having those conversations. And so it comes back to self-worth because a lot of times I feel like, personally, when you talk about the black community and, like, our broken homes, who is putting women up on game? Who is, like, really having these conversations to be like, sis, like, is that a red flag to you? Like, why do you think that's okay? Because some women are going to be like, oh, he likes me that much or he loves me that much that, like, he's willing to forego a condom. He knows what the consequences are, right? And so, like, where where are we really having conversations to like be like nah sis that's not that's not a good sign that's not love that's him like skirting his responsibilities or that's him being irresponsible and like how is that going to look in other situations but if you are not teaching people to think critically like that or to consider those different perspectives it's not going to be a red flag it's going to be like girl he ain't never, you know, he said he never did this, or I've never had somebody, like, be like, I'm not going to use a condom. Like, I'm okay with it. If we have a baby, it's okay. And to the point earlier, like, that, men are like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to just, you know, hit it raw, and then I'm just not going to be there. They're not saying that. So as a woman, we don't know that, right? And, like, you have to live a little. You have to experience a little bit to see that this is a reality, right? Like, these actions also translate to other actions and inactions on his part. But if we're not having those conversations, if we're not educating and schooling our women, and this is not to say, like, women should not take responsibility, but it does take a village, and it does take hard conversations that we are just not having. Well, I hope that's what today's conversation is. And the cut that you heard was an attempt at having that conversation because, again, um, I told Christy in the beginning, and I want to remind you this, and I want to hear your thoughts, Christy, but at the beginning of this show, I don't know if you heard it, Ashley, but I said, when she said the answer to today's question, should a man take responsibility for a child he never wanted, her answer was, hell yeah. And I said, as a young man, I always felt the exact same way, hell yeah. Today in that show, Thoughtful Rant about the red flags is an attempt to have the very conversation. You're, that's what we're doing now. It's having the conversation, and in my mind, it's a way of 
putting up on game because I still would expect and want a man to be responsible. Where I agree agree with Rashad is that the men who are responsible are never in the circle of men who are not. And so men that think that way, they're going to step up and and, and if they, in a sense, have an oops baby, they step up and take the responsibility. But my point is the expectation of a man being careless in that moment is not on your side that it's going to be the type of man that takes responsibility. Your thoughts, um, Christy? Um, I think what, what were some I, – I, okay, there, I agree with you with one point. There are some exceptions where I don't think a man should take responsibility. But I do also think that, like, with what – I think what her name was Ashley was saying, Ashley. I thought, think a lot of validity to what she was saying, especially about, you know, doing the work and what kind of environment you grow up in. And, you know, a lot, we, we live in a society right now where 72% of our community is single family households. And in those situations, um, I think there's a discrepancy with even what taking responsibility looks like or feels like with regard to the way men are being raised and the way women are being raised. And um, I think one of the things that we're not taking into account is the things that are often said between these younger people when, when having sex a lot of times. And, like, you know, guys will say stuff to you like, oh, I want you to have my baby, you know, I want I want you you so fine or you so this, I, I want to have a baby with you. And they'll say that as they're trying to take the condom off. And if you're if you're a less educated person, or if you're you know ignorant as to the things that are said in heat in the heat of the moment, or the things that people will say or do to get what they want, you might actually you know believe that and fall for that, and then end up again repeating that cycle of single parenthood. Um, a lot of times, also, I find that there are men who believe they are taking responsibility for their children, but from the female perspective, they're not doing shit. So um, it, it, there's also a discrepancy there where we see, like, because when you talk to men, most men will be like, oh, I take care of my kids. I do this for my kids. I do that for my kids. I show up. I pay, blah, blah, blah. You talk to that same man's baby mama, and she's like, that nigga don't do shit for these kids. He don't ever come see them. He don't spend no time with them. He don't give no money for them. He don't pay for nothing. So I think not only is the problem whether or not men take responsibility for their kids, but also what responsibility looks like, how it's defined, and from whose perspective are we, you know, even acknowledging what responsibility is, because I feel like strongly in some communities there's a big discrepancy there. All right. Now, sounds good. We'll um, go to break and be right back. Um, I would I'll, I do want to say this one thought real quick, Christy. Um, I want to. I, I hope that we are considering that that's the type of stuff that is being said, and like you said, they're not receiving it. And so we're like, since that's the reality, what choice can we make? Is the nuance of this conversation, in my opinion. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. If you're looking to purchase or sell a home in Atlanta's competitive real estate market, there's only one real estate agent we call on, Ephraim Abdullah. Not only is he honest and straightforward, but he has a proven, repeatable strategy that consistently gets his clients the homes they wanted versus their second or third choice. 
What's Elf from Secret? His virtual on-the-spot offer moves his clients to the front of the line for purchases and for sales. His no-nonsense approach gets your home sold and off the market. For a results-oriented real estate experience, contact Elfram Abdullah, a licensed agent powered by EXP Realty at 770-800-7922. Again, that number is 770-800-7922. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I am your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Christy Gaynell. This morning's discussion question, should a man take responsibility for a child he never wanted? And so, again, I was just throwing out very briefly, Christy, we're going to go to another caller here, that um, the, 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 the conversation is to say, okay, it, with the understanding that that does happen. Like, like, there's no, there's nothing lost on me. If you're, if you, I'll say from my perspective, there's nothing lost on me that men are giving ladies game. Like, that's not lost on me. So, if you know that I accept that, just pointing out here's some typical, typical things that could be red flags for you to avoid. And if not, in a sense, just putting it in that space because when it comes to what Ashley said. I agree wholeheartedly. The vetting doesn't happen on either side. I, I tell men all the time, um, you still have a responsibility, quote, unquote, even if your mother is a crazy baby mother, because that lets me know you didn't vet her before you had a child with her. That goes both ways. So so just I want to be very clear and say that because I understand, like Ashley, there's no vetting going on. Now I'm saying, what do we do? knowing there's not a lot of vetting going on. And here's, an, in my opinion, an opportunity. There's other places we're going to go with this, but I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. I'll give you a quick response, and then we'll go to the call. What you want me to respond to whether or not there's vetting going on? Well, no, 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 I didn't know if you, wanted, if you had a response to what I was saying. I was just trying, when you were just talking about, you said one of the issues is, um, when you were mentioning that there, there's, that you said it was not being taken consideration is that these men are said, I want to have your baby. And I was just making sure you understood. No, that is absolutely being taken into consideration. I still stand by. This is a red flag. For example, is all I'm throwing out, but yeah, no, no problem. We'll go ahead. And uh, make the call. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure that you, you know, understood that. I fully understand that. That's not, that's not missed. We're ahead, as older people. Like we're 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 more mature in age, right? So we're looking at things from our more mature perspective. But my mindset now, when I'm in my 40s, is not what it was when I was in my 20s having children. Um, and and so I'm taking that into consideration with the statements and the comments that I'm making. The fact that at 20, the the things that I knew. Um, the, the level of education I had, the information I had, the experiences that I had with regard to men were so limited that I didn't know, you know, about the game. I didn't know about, you know, the things that, the, you know, the different games that were played. I, there were so many things that I didn't have a full understanding of. I didn't even know how to vet a man. So, or, you know, what that process looked like. It was like there was chemistry, <laughs> And there was attraction, 
and there was action. You know what I mean? And so yes, I, I mean, absolutely that's not- know what you mean. And I'm just dialoguing with you. Said that that's what the discussion is. I agree with Ashley. There's a, not enough of these discussions. So here's a discussion There's- where we can culturally raise the culture by we understand that that's happening. So, but we're not having these dialogues. And all I'm simply saying, and I think what Ashley is saying is, by having these dialogues, we can help versus saying no. where the blame is and defending. I'm, I know that we didn't have those mindsets. We're just trying to offer it. I agree, it part I of the agree with you. But what I'm saying is not only did we not have did we not have those dialogues or did anyone not have a dialogue like that with me, but the dialogues that are being had with kids a lot of times is, oh, if you're going to sleep with him, you need to marry him. Or you know what I mean? Like, so you have all these people getting um, married at young ages or not having an understanding what, or of what they're doing. And um, we had, like, from, from my perspective back then, we had more old-fashioned parents, you know, who were just like, they didn't want it. Yeah, I get it. I'm just saying, and today, let's have the better conversation. Like, yeah, I get, we get well, that. we are having a better conversation yeah, right, right now, but we need yeah, to be right. having it with young people. All right. Well, we just have to, hey, we can, hey, we can, and that's that's the dialogue. If we if we have a good dialogue, hopefully we take this and spread it because you're absolutely right. Let's go to the um, caller, area code four one six last three five eight six. Hey Montoya. Hello Leslie, how you doing, Queen? What you got for us this morning? Good, good. Calling in from Toronto, Canada. This is a great discussion, and, and what I want to add to it is that um, both men and women need to be honest with themselves and with each other about their desire for raw sex. Um, what I'm finding is that there's, there's really not enough of a discussion around this topic, and there needs to be. So for me, I'll, I'll use myself for an example. I prefer to have raw sex. I don't like condoms. I, I want to have, you know, skin-to-skin contact. I want my partner to ejaculate inside of me, and I'm clear on that, and, and he wants the same thing too. So in light of that... It's important to have the discussion. It's important to have a sober discussion before you lay down in the bedroom and, and talk about, okay, since we're going to have raw sex, since we know that this is what we want, since we know that this is what turns us on the most, uh, what, what are we doing about birth control? What is the plan that we have in place? Do we trust each other to actually um, honor that plan? Because sometimes people lie about birth control. Uh, we need to have that real discussion up front in from a sober state, and we also have to talk about if, if by, by accident a pregnancy does occur, what then? Are we going to agree to have this baby, or are we going to uh, agree to have an abortion? What is our plan? This is a discussion that needs to take place, especially if you know that you like raw sex, and a lot of women do, and a lot of men do, especially women who, who supposedly like bad boys, quote-unquote, you want it raw. So we need to have that discussion thoroughly, thoroughly, before we go ahead and have sex. That's what I want to add to the discussion. Okay, let, hey, let me say this. Before let me you go, this. can you tell them why you want to have raw sex? Can you tell the, can you tell the, the, the listeners why raw sex is your preference? I, I really enjoy having semen inside of me. Like, that feels good to me. It's very pleasurable. I really like the skin-to-skin contact. Like, it, it just gives a whole experience, and I really enjoy that. And because I know that I enjoy that, I take full responsibility for that. Do you also find that it enhances your orgasm? 
Absolutely, a thousand percent. Okay. Thank you for, well, for that. Uh, uh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, you go ahead finish. I want to make sure you finish. Okay, cool. So, Leslie and Christy, but mostly Leslie since this is your thought. So, I'm a, the attempt is to take the conversation even higher than what you're saying. And here's what I mean by higher. And, and you definitely get a chance to respond to this. So, we could always ideally talk about what should happen prior to sex. It's so far from reality. Uh, we, we, you know, we have these even arguments even in public schools like we don't even, and, we, and I know, Leslie, I know you, so we both agree there's not enough sex education even in public schools, right? And there's different parts here in the United States, different parts of the country that do a little more and some that do a little less based on a lot of factors, right? And so uh, while we both could agree that more sex education is needed, uh, you know, in schools and by parents, if you will, um, there's no arguing that ideally what you said should take place. The dialogue is based on the reality of what's out there happening. Are there ways to discuss and raise the culture, if you will, by having a discussion about the reality that happens, which is most people won't be as smart to have the conversation that you have. There are a lot of people who will there are actually a lot of people who will be responsible in that situation. I think it's even unfair to even with the, for example, the high out of wedlock rate to assume that most people are being irresponsible. Cause as I said, most children are being born to women ages 20 to 30. And sometimes whether they're married or not, those men and women are choosing to have children. So it's not always a careless, irresponsible situation. Uh, however, in the situations that are careless and are responsible, what's the game? Because we could easily go to these teenagers and say, well, oh, you should have this conversation. That's not what's going to happen. And so it's about having, a, in my opinion, a realistic conversation uh, where we say who should take responsibility then we could all agree that justifiably it should be both of their responsibilities. That's not the reality. So the reality is what's the game, in my opinion, with the reality, and I'm throwing out, you could say people should be honest about wanting to have raw sex. That's typically what even young men and teenagers are saying when they're like, I don't like condoms, I'm taking So they're being honest about it, and I'm saying that's the man you should run from. Your thoughts on that part, Leslie, if you will. No, I, I, wish, I wish that an adult had spoken to me this way when I was a teenager. I wish I had heard someone speak like this because that would have saved me so much pain and agony. You know, I, I wish that someone had told me that it's okay to admit to yourself that you want it raw as a woman, that you want it raw. I wish someone had told me that, and that's why I'm saying this on your show so people can hear that and think about it. I'm not going to run from a man who wants raw sex. We're going ha- to have a conversation about it. We're going to talk about it thoroughly. And, and that's only because, you know, I have learned so much. I have gained so much wisdom. And I, I wish I had been exposed to someone like me when I was a teenager. See, this is why I think what Christy was saying is to the point, and, you know, and I think she probably thinks I missed this. So I think what Christy was making her point is you're saying this because you're going to have this conversation. And what Christy is saying is, 
a teenager, for example, since you say a teenager, is probably not going to do that part. So I understand that it would have helped you to hear somebody says you're going to have a desire to have raw sex. Humans typically want to, and I agree, it doesn't get said enough. But getting told that a non doesn't now trump you to have the wisdom you have now. You won't. You wouldn't. To Chrissy's point, you wouldn't have that conversation at 16 or 18 or even 21 sometimes to the matter that you're able to have now as a grown, full adult. So to Christy's point, it's not as simple as being told, I want to have raw sex. Uh, we got about a minute before we go to the top of the hour break. I'll give you one last thought. We're going to go to the break, and I'll let Christy respond coming out of the break. Go ahead, Leslie. Get your last thought in before we go to the break. Yeah, yeah we're, we're just not telling the truth about sex. You know, too many people are actually do want raw sex and they're not admitting it. They're not even admitting it to themselves. And so we play these games and we pretend like, oh, yeah, we're going to use a condom. We want to use a condom. We're on birth control, blah, blah, blah. And we don't have the real conversation. We go into sex unconsciously. And we need to become conscious about sex so that we don't have any more of these unplanned pregnancies. And that's, that's why I'm saying the things that I'm saying. And I hope that more people will say the things that I'm saying so that we won't continue to be unconscious about this. All right. Thank you for your thoughts, Queen. We are at the top of the hour. Christy, I'll give you a chance to respond coming out of the break. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Girl, I know it hurts, but if this world was perfect, uh, we can make it work. You got the nerve to come up to me talking about abortion. This my body, nigga, so don't think you finna force shit. See, I knew that this is how you act. Said you love me, oh, but now you flipping like reciprocals The figures though, I should have known that you was just another nigga No different from them other niggas who be claiming that they love you just to get up in them drugs Knowing all the right things to say, I let you hit it raw, motherfucker Now I'm pregnant, you don't want to get involved, motherfucker Trying to take away your life, is you God, motherfucker? I don't think so, uh, this a new life up in my stomach Regardless if I'm your wife, this new life, here, yeah, I'm a lover I ain't fussing, I just do this by my motherfucking self my mama raised me without no motherfucking help from a man But I still don't understand how you can say that Did you forget all those conversations that we had way back About the father and you told me that you hate that nigga Tell my he a coward and you so glad that you ain't that nigga Cause he left your mama when she had you and he ain't sick And here you go doing the same Yeah, so you're basically saying it's rare if he turned out to be a good father, but if he end up, like, ghosting or abandoning the woman and the baby, then she should pretty much expect that because of how the baby was conceived. He's reckless reckless in that moment. He's showing no responsibility in that moment for his own safety. Again, I'm not naive to how moments happen. We're human. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm not naive to how those moments happen. But, it's, yeah, for that man to be that irresponsible in that moment, for anybody in society to expect that man. Now, to a lot of people, that's going to sound like I'm letting the man off the hook. I'm saying that's the biggest red flag of who you don't have a baby with. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Christy Gaynell. This morning's discussion question, should a man take responsibility for a child he never wanted? Your thoughts, Christy, uh, 
to the cut or to anything Leslie had to say, our previous caller, thank you, Leslie, for calling in from Toronto, Canada. As I like to say, we are international with this thing. Um, but your thoughts, Queen? Well, to Leslie's point, I mean, she was talking about having the conversation about, you know, using uh, protect, um, preferring raw sex or whatever. And I love that she's so open and, you know, um, forthright with her feelings. But I want to point out, because I don't think this is often taken into consideration, that as young girls and young women, nobody talks to us about sex. The only thing that a lot of women hear is don't do it, right? And because the uh, idea of don't have sex, don't come home with no baby, don't come home with no unplanned pregnancy is pushed so much, nobody instructs women on what sex is, how to protect yourself, um, what to look for, what feels good, what doesn't feel good, how to explore what feels good and what doesn't feel good within yourself. So there are so many women who go out into the world completely ignorant about what to expect regarding sex, regarding relationships, regarding male-female interactions. And then men have this idea that someone taught women because they, men, are, men, are, men are given some not good advice, but they're definitely given some advice with regard to how to approach and deal with and interact with women because men are taught, you know, oh, yeah, go out and sell your, sell your oats, dude, go, you know, spread your seed. You know what I mean? Like, so the, lang- the things that are being taught to men and the things that are being taught to women, if anything, are very, very different. And then when, when children come from these interactions, the responsibility is put upon women because the woman is the one carrying it, and men are kind of left off the hook because they don't have nobody growing inside of them. So it looks like, oh, well, she should have known. She should have, you know, and there's there's not any education. And I think, you know, to your point, Montoya, we, this conversation is needed, but we there really needs to be a push, like you were saying, to have this conversation with people at a younger age, at the high school level, at the college level, at the, you know what I mean? Like there should be somebody educating people on the beauty and the bits of their body and what sex can be, not just what it is, and how to protect yourself. And if you do find yourself in a situation where you're with child, what that experience is going to be like and what to expect from that experience. Because to be honest, most women go into it blind, and then they're just left to deal with the responsibility, and people act like it should be their responsibility. But the reality is most women also don't want the responsibility by the time the child forms inside of them, they've grown an attachment to it. But that doesn't mean they wanted the responsibility of having to take care of a child. Yeah, I definitely understand all of that. Um, I really do. I'm going to go to the next caller. I don't want to keep the callers waiting. Um, I, I, I guess where I'm, I'm, I'm going to say pulling my hair out because I'm trying to make a, a, a specific thing here. And, and, and the, the, the education part, I wholeheartedly agree with you and Leslie both that, you know, like you said, the, the messaging to ladies is don't do it, and there's all these things that are surrounded about by having no understanding. You know, like my mother was a single mother, and she absolutely had never heard anything from her parents about sex. Um, you know, she popped up with me. So I definitely understand that's definitely been part of the training. Um, I'll throw out, and it's not that I'm even been, I'm just trying to be very nuanced. I'll throw out, absolutely won't 
again, sex education at younger ages. I agree with that, with the college. with the. What, I am saying that even the dialogue amongst us today, I feel like I hear too much dialogue uh, even amongst those of us who know. And, again, keep in mind, most children are ha- had with adults. And all I'm pointing out is culturally the dialogue we have even amongst us with wisdom is usually a, a – a level, a lack of accountability, and I'm not putting that on the man or the woman. I'm just talking about the accountability of how to avoid these situations. And, and when I say avoid these situations, it's not where is the most blame. But if I'm, but 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 a lot of times, as as a man, when we're saying, hey, if we have children, if we have a son or a daughter, we want to tell them. If if they'll listen, here's are some people you could or should avoid. Like we're not all signing up for that. We're still trying to figure out. Well, it should have been both of their responsibilities. Or I agree, Christy, like you said, she doesn't want that responsibility either, right? But it grows because she carries the baby. And I'm just pointing out the expectation of a careless, irresponsible person. We literally get mad that they don't take responsibility. I'm saying we should not be shocked, but not only am I saying we should not be shocked, as much as you and I, Christy, would want an irresponsible man, like you pointed out, who thinks he's doing something, but then you talk to the mother and he really ain't doing shit. I'm mad at that young man. I'm mad at that man, or old, young or old, whatever he is. I'm mad at him too. I'm just saying we would improve our culture when we recognize It's silly of us to have expected it. It's silly of us to spend time thinking that we can force his non-responsible deadbeat ass to actually take care of his responsibility. Because here's the unfortunate reality. Those examples get laid on to other men who are nothing like it, and it happens more than we think. That's why we say some men are responsible when we have this conversation. The reality, if I show you the numbers, it's very few the deadbeats are minimal compared to the men who are responsible. I'm not here making a defense of black men. I'm highlighting that we say this across the board and we're saying it about men who are absolutely irresponsible and could never be in my circle is what a lot of men like to point out. We're never around those men or we admit we have to grow out of being an irresponsible man. And so when I was an irresponsible man, Luckily, no woman had my child, and she shouldn't have while I was willing to be irresponsible. So I'm kind of I'm holding accountability. Hopefully, you hear it across the board, and I'm just trying to take the dialogue in a in a in a very specific, nuanced place. I hope I'm making sense. Give me your thoughts before we go to the next caller, Christy. I was gonna say you guys keep saying stuff like the those men aren't in our circle. We don't talk to those men. But my question is like. Why not? I mean, I know, like, you for instance, you, you know, I'm saying you reach back, you deal with kids at the, you know, girls and boys clubs, you go back and, you know, I mean, like, there are a lot of men of stature that do try to make an impact in young men's mm-hmm. life, and they go back and they help and they reach out to these young men. They might even donate money for school, for college. But when mm-hmm. it comes to situations like sex, and how to handle responsibility, 
why are you not having those conversations with those young men and and telling them and educating them? We are having them. We are having them. So that, but that, you're, you're also clarity. saying that we're not. We don't run in circles with Let me provide the clarity because I can answer your question mm-hmm. easily and provide the clarity. So the reason that we do do Big Brothers and we mentor programs, or I think you know some of the mental law members, whatever, we ha- they have, some of them specifically have programs and I'll help or whatever, but they have the program, so I always big up them. So what happens is Good men, when you, what you, when you go with men that anybody would easily say this is a good, responsible man. When you go dig into their life, not only are they taking care of their own family, but typically they're coaching, they're mentoring, they're big brothers, they're big sisters. So we're absolutely having those conversations with the young men that we are mentoring. What I am distinguishing is, what I am distinguishing is, here's a reality, unfortunately, when you get to a 72% out of wedlock birth rate. The reality is, we don't, we don't get to talk to all the boys. We don't get to catch up with all the boys. And then what happens is our reality, when I say we're not in those circles, I'm talking about with men who are our age or in our age frame, we don't run in the same circles. And it's not simply that we don't run in the same circles. Here's the reality. When you want to be unaccountable, when you are consciously trying to be unaccountable, you avoid accountable men. That's what that's what happens in real life. And so you never see them in the same circles because in my circle right now, if you are a man, because most, you know, most of my partners are married or even if they're divorced or whatever, they are responsible for their children and their baby mothers or ex-wives will say so, right? So we don't have a man in our circle who doesn't take care of his child. He would get checked if he would, but we don't have him in our circle. So I'm distinguishing the reality between the men, for example, that I'm sharing. Here's a red flag to how to avoid them because we don't run in the same circles. Or even me as a young man before I mature into having responsibility, avoid having a a child at that time. It goes both ways. Again, I said, for a boy who has a crazy baby mama, we're saying you did not bet. It goes both ways, and the betting is what signs can you see? And one of the signs is even, as Leslie said, as much as we would like to have the raw sex, which is a reality for humans, then we have to give game if you're not ready or willing to take on that responsibility. You should not assume it because of what this person said. Is kind of what I'm saying, if you if that makes sense. I hope I've clarified. We are definitely talking to the young men. We're trying to save as many as we can. We can't catch them all because there's too many out there. That's a reality, whether people want to recognize that or not. You said there's too many out there. <laughs> no, I'm saying that's, there a, that's a reality of 72%. If you think about it, 72% of children being born out of wedlock. So... Basically, you're looking at it's 33% of black men who are married, right? And so if they're mm-hmm. taking care of their children and then trying to mentor out, they, how far can they spread themselves to catch all these boys? The wayward boys that we're trying to save from these streets, whether it be the water boys here in Atlanta or whether it be Crips of Bloods out in in, in in L.A., for example, like I like there's like Big U, if you ever heard of that brother, has an amazing program where he's turning those young boys and young men's life around. But if it was up to him, he would catch all of them. He would save them all. So the good brothers, and I, they are doing it, 
but we're not realistic about can we catch them all and hear some dialogue and some game for what to avoid because teenagers are not going to have the, re- the the conversation that Leslie's able to have and, and you you or me, if we were dating, what we might have as adults. You know what I mean? And, and we heard Ashley call in and says she's responsible and people look at her like, dang, what's wrong with you? So even adults are failing to do this as well. Actually, I'll talk this to the break. So uh, area code 40, um, let me see, make sure I say who I got next. I'm sorry. Um, next caller, we'll get you in out of the break. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. If you are a teenager or have a teenager who wants to be an entrepreneur, this commercial is for you. 20-year-old J.L. Priester brings you the Passion to Profits virtual webinar for youth 20 and under looking to get a jump start on entrepreneurship. J.L. started her first business at 14 years old and now teaches young entrepreneurs how by the age of 16, she was earning up to $75 an hour vending at events, sometimes bringing in over $1,800 in one weekend as an entrepreneur. JL's hands-on, step-by-step teaching style makes the Passion to Profits webinar an easy-to-understand guide into first-time entrepreneurship. JL also loves to share her marketing secrets for how she grew an online community to generate repeat customers. If you have an idea you are passionate about and want to turn that into a profitable, well-run business, then look no further than the Passion to Profit online webinar, Saturday, November 20th, 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. For ticket info, please visit mycaponya.com. That's M-Y-K-U-P-O-N-Y-A.com. Yeah, but it's like, my thing is, it's like who determines who is going to be the responsible party because my thing is it takes two to tango. So the thing is, is like, does does the woman have to be the responsible party in the situation where she's like, hey, that's a red, red flag, we're not going to go any further? Or does the man have to be the responsible party in a situation where he's like, you know what, I'm not going to even do it this way with this woman or even ask her of that, like, how do you get to the point where you determine who is supposed to be the responsible party? Because most people. Now, here we go. Here we go. Here's the reality. Like, people want to try to, it ain't, you know, like, it's, everything ain't fair. Here's the reality. So, so like how we talked about how the, 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 like, that very same scenario is how, uh-huh. a young man can, how a young man can end up with a crazy baby mama. That same heat of the moment, they decided they're going to take it off. And come to find out she's a crazy baby mama, right? So it can end up that way. I'm saying the flip side of it is his irresponsible ass in the moment is asking to take it off. Yes, it, it falls on the woman. Nobody ain't going to like that. But you taking a chance with a dude that's willing to be irresponsible in that moment. So okay, cause so at that time you're basically saying because even though you're in the heated moment, but when that happens, that should send off a red flag yeah. for you to, yeah. Okay. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host Montoya Smith, aka Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Christy Gay Nail. This morning's discussion question: Should a man take responsibility for a child he never wanted? 
Um, your thoughts, Queen, again, another cut from the thoughtful rant that I did with DeAsia Robinson um, a few weeks back. Go ahead, Queen. I think it's hilarious that you just keep trying to make the woman be the responsible one. So if you're in a if a woman and a man are in a situation where he's like, I want to take the condom off, and she's like, okay, and you're saying that should be a red flag, but her saying okay, or her even suggesting it should also be a red flag. You always want to put the responsibility I, on the woman. I said that but, in the cut. I literally said but, no, if but for, walk away, for the he man, gets a crazy it baby also mama, be a red flag. It's his fault. I said yeah, that. Did I not say that in the cut? You, I'm saying the cut said that. that. If he gets a crazy baby mama, then that's on him. So but that's, then you also went on to say that ultimately the responsibility of taking care of the child should, is on the woman, and that's where the problem that I'm having comes in. Okay. Not that, not that. So I'm not saying the responsibility is for the mother to care of the child. I'm saying she's responsible for responding to the red flag that is obviously there, and he should too. They both, right, but that's what I'm saying. Like, we're not talking about the red flag. We're talking about the child. Who's responsible right. for the child? Right. So and what happens yes, is, there are... go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead. Huh? Go ahead, no, go finish, finish, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So whether there was a red flag or not, you know, there's a child. His, his, him not wanting to wear the condom was a red flag. Her agreeing to it, also a red flag for him. So at the end of the day, they both made the choice. So now there's a child. Who's responsible for the child? And my point to that is that everybody that participated in the act of bringing the child into the world is responsible for taking care of the child, no matter what dis- circumstances led I don't dis- to that child. At all. Thank you. I don't dis- do you hear me say I don't disagree with what you're saying at all. I don't with disagree a little bit. I don't disagree that it's both of their responsibilities. Can you hear me clearly? I don't disagree with you. I, I do. I'm just saying that's not what was in the cut. So what I'm also saying in that cut because I don't disagree with you. So let's let's the next step is if you or I go to that young man who decides to run out on his responsibility. There's no amount of shaming that we can make for a guy who chooses to be a deadbeat to make him act right. I know so, had him in my family. I've paid for child support for other men before, okay? So I understand it. And while we as a community and as a culture can say it should be both of their responsibility, I'm saying the reality is it is, in my opinion, silly for you or me to continue thinking because I used to believe this when I was younger. I think it's silly, and I could be—I don't mind being wrong about it—but I'm just throwing out. I think it is silly for us to believe that that type of irresponsible young man will now one be responsible. We can both say that he should be, but it's crazy to think that they might be. And here's the other part: that irresponsible, typically, what type of parent? Are they going to be? They don't even want to be involved. We both know that there are some women saying, if I have to make you be involved in this child's life, I'm not going to make you do it. I'm not saying that's what every woman should decide. So I, I have empathy for every woman that's chasing a no good deadbeat man. I'm challenging us as a culture to recognize that, that the reality of that moment, because as you said, her carrying the baby, if she chooses to have it, there's a strong, unfortunate possibility that 
this irresponsible guy in that moment will turn out to be an irresponsible father. When that is the reality, what do we teach is what I'm asking, Christy. What do we teach? Because we, can, we teach education. We teach to protect yourself. So I am saying since that is the unfortunate reality because he doesn't have to carry the baby and he may skirt and he possibly more than likely will, when I realize that that is the reality, there are men in that situation who do step up, but most, a lot of them do not that are in that situation. And since that is the reality, I am challenging what do we teach culturally in this moment. So what you're positing is that responsibility is something that can't be taught? So what I'm positing is without intact families, we usually do a better job of teaching responsibility within intact families. Since that is not, generally speaking, the African-American community's reality and trying to teach it to a me as a mentor who mentors kids, but me trying to reach out to a 16-year-old or a 17-year-old and give them a game, which I do when I mentor, is very different than me being able to raise, if I was fortunate enough to have a son, raise them from yay high in my home and really teach responsibility that way, who's going to catch the responsibility, the child that I raised all my life or the 16-year-old who might take it or might not take it and still make the mistake. And I want all ladies to avoid that young man while he's willing to be irresponsible because the game I give that kid is to never take the condom off. Make sure that you are responsible for your um, C's. Don't make that choice. So, yes, I try to teach responsibility. It still leaves a however that as much as we can go mentor these kids to, in my opinion, to expect my mentoring a kid who I may have came in his life at 14 through 17, that that's going to fix when typically it takes me raising a kid from zero to 18 for them to be a responsible real man. So I'm just putting it up against the reality. It ain't me saying you can't teach, teach responsibility. So if you were, okay, then Montoya, I have a question for you. Um, when you try to teach responsibility to these 16- and 17-year-old kids that you mentor, what is it that you say to them? As a man, what do you say to yeah. these young boys? I just, okay, I'll say it again. So when it comes no, to... No, no, because what her name told us earlier, what she said to her son. So I'm saying, what do you say to these boys? You said something about her son. I didn't hear what you said. Say it again. The first caller, she told us what she says to her son to try to help him to understand the importance of being responsible as far as. Yeah, yeah. um, Yeah, I said the exact same thing. So, what do you say to the boys that you mentor specifically? Yeah. Yeah, I tell them the exact same thing. I tell them that they are absolutely, when it comes to this topic specifically, that they are absolutely responsible and they should make sure that they understand if this woman, before they have a child, will this woman be a good mother? Ideally, marry her. But whatever you do, don't have a child with a woman you have not vetted. Make sure that you are protecting yourself. Wear the condom. Don't, I don't care if she has. She tells you she is, um, has birth control. So these are the things that I'm constantly telling these boards. And I'm again... But how- I, them to be a responsible father 
that's not te- that's teaching them how to pick a responsible mother, but that's not teaching them to be a responsible father. Okay, so that's included in the rest of the teaching. I mean, I'm just talking about specifically and being responsible, being resp- so so cuz I say to the so so basically um you one, you're an example of being responsible. You have a responsibility. The biggest thing that I push is marriage. But again, being realistic, I understand marriage is not prevalent in our community. So I say at a minimum, ensure that you have vetted. So that's one of the things that I focus on. But as the rest of the mentoring that we do is about taking responsibility, teaching them how to work, how to start their own businesses. That's all part of it so that you can have a legacy. We're always teaching about having a legacy and being responsible. And like I said, if it's up to me, it's marriage before children. So that's ultimately what I'm teaching. But that is not all young men's life that I'll come into. Some of them already have children. And so for those that do, we tell them how not to be a dad, be daddy, because we don't accept that. So we're constantly teaching that. Uh, um, I got Brother Kevin wants to get in, but I'll let you respond. Yeah, you have a caller waiting, but that doesn't tell me specifically what you're saying to them as far as being a dad, parenting, showing up for your child, giving, paying child support. Like, none of what you're saying indicates that you're giving these boys any information on actually being a dad once that kid is here and you're not with the mom. So what information do you think it should be? Because I don't, you know, since I don't understand, since you said I'm not giving any information, what do you think the information should be? I mean, you're ta- you're talking about, like, them being responsible in life, right, creating legacy, going yeah, to work, getting a job. Uh, but so I'm talking about with regards to being there for the children. Like, you know, you, child requires more than seeing you every other weekend. If you, some, some men don't even see their kid every other weekend, but some are court-ordered to see them every other weekend, and they act like that's enough. And from my perspective, that's not enough. Your child needs you as often as you can possibly get to that child. Like okay, so, so let me break down. Okay, I'm now. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. An intact family, the father is in the house there daily and nightly, right, to spend time with the child. But in a non-intact family, a father's responsibility is often relegated to twice a month you know, four days out of the month, something like that, which is not very significant. So I'm like, with regard to, like, actually being a parent, what kind of information is being passed down to kids that don't have fathers in the home? Okay. So the example you're giving is you're talking about, the like, the men who are doing that. So, again, I'm not having any conversations with those type of men. They're not, they're not in my circle. But as far as a teenage boy telling them to focus on their education, like that's what we're typically saying to most young people. Like I said, I do an after-school program, and so these are the things that we're teaching them how to be a responsible person and a responsible adult. To a degree, I think that handles that to a degree. Um, I'm not, you know, as much as I encourage marriage, I'm not teaching them how to be married, if if you will, or how to be a father within the marriage. I'm trying to, at this age, I'm focused on getting them to hopefully get to marriage without children. So that is the number one focus, I will admit that. Or whatever, but yeah. As far as the men that you're talking about that are doing it every other week, I don't have no interaction with those type of people. So that's, that's not these young men. If, you know, at that age, they're if they did, if they forced, they've had a child. They, you know, unless there's a situation with the grandparents where they're not allowing the two youth to see each other, that's not their situation. They're, they're, you know, they're, you know, the ones that do have children. They're seeing their children as much as 
hip, you know, if, if they haven't fallen out with their baby mamas, but as, a teen, as teenagers, they're not usually having that court order stuff at that age. So they're, you know, so in those situations where we do mentor a man with a, a young boy, then of course that's what we're saying. This is your responsibility, and a lot of times they're telling us how the baby mother's acting, and we're saying that's that is not an excuse. That's what we're telling typically telling them. That's not an excuse. You still have to be responsible despite how she acts. That's what we're typically telling those young men who say those type of things that have already, you know, the few that have already had children in our, in our circle. So I don't know if that's answering what you're asking, but that's the conversation we're having with the few young men who do have children in, in some of the ones that we're mentoring. I'm going to go ahead and let Kevin jump in here as well. All right, Kevin, what you got for us, King? What's going on? What's going on? <laughs> Yo. <laughs> yeah, you're on the hot seat. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I know they got me on the now, seat, brother. <laughs> Come now, save me. I need here's you. the thing. I got you. I got you. I got you. Now, here's the thing. Um, if we talking about what we should be doing and who the responsibility is to fall on, well, uh, the community. You got certain communities that have what they call shotgun raids. You were forced. So I've, 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 I've shifted the way I talk to our men. My thing has been this. If you're not, if you can't take care of yourself, don't have sex. If you can't take care of yourself, don't you have sex. Why? Because what is the main goal of sex is to have a child. And if you are not responsible enough to take care of a child, don't do it. The same thing for young men and old men. You can't take care of that, 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 that responsibility of a child. Leave, leave that alone. And secondly, another thing, the question, I'm going to give you a question to give her. What are y'all telling these women to make it more, make the children more accessible? Now, you said something about, you know, that, you know, you uh, you fellows say, well, you know, I go to my baby mama, my baby mama start tripping. I know fellows that can go to their baby mama's house, and that ends up in them being locked up. See, women need to take responsibility on how and, and creating an environment that's not hostile for that for these men or young men or whatever to be able to take care of their children. Kevin, oh, let me ask you this real quick. Kevin, let me ask you this real quick. So, because um, I, I, I know what you're saying happens to a degree, but I don't like talking in such a blanketed way because there is definitely – some, you know, maybe there are some women who do that, but I don't, that's just so far from the majority of how black women handle those situations. And I'm not, and I'm not, I don't mind having the conversations, but I don't like it saying women need to do this as though that needs to be the conversation. And, and, I, and I'm, and I'm challenging it only well, because well, I think well, we have to well, be well, nuanced well, and be specific and not be so yeah, general yeah, sometimes but, to be fair to our culture, if that makes sense. Well, 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 let's, let's, let's make, let's be real. Now, everybody's not like that, of course. If it, if you're not, your relationship's not like that, you don't have to worry about that. You don't even but will we to say the majority or not like that? Are we willing to say the majority or not well, like that? Well, I, I, I don't know. I'm hey, asking. Hey, I'm asking. Hey, hey, I can't even go majority because I'm going to tell you a lot. There's a lot of, there's enough to know there's a problem. There's enough to know there's a problem. If it ain't the majority, I guarantee you there's almost half. Women don't even have a man at all, and a lot of times, a lot of these children, almost eighty percent of them, don't even have a father in the home. Period. So, so, 
they they got to be on the, on that closer side to the majority because something's wrong there. All right. Now, I mean, I'm, it's not. It's not. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna let you finish. I'm gonna say this and let you finish. It's it's still not the majority, brother. What happens is we we don't go into the context. And again, I'm just really into the numbers. So what happens is we hear that 72 percent are born out of wedlock, and so you say they don't have a man. That's still not the reality. 56 uh, percent of our children uh, uh, have other people in the home. Sometimes it's the father; they're just not married. So it doesn't mean that 72. Well, we're not talking about that. That's not the topic. Yeah, but the reason, but it factors in. It factors in to assuming majority. Isn't Go ahead. Yeah, we talking about the, we talking about the actual father. We're not talking about the, the secondary check. That, that's a whole. No, other but even the actual subject. father could be in the home and they still get qualified under that number. But the reason I'm pointing that out, Kevin, is when you start mm-hmm. realizing how many mothers are not the type of mothers that you're talking about. It ain't no fifty percent. Well, I'm not, not talking about them. I'm not talking about that. We're not talking about people Bro, who doing what they're supposed to do. We're talking the about those. Of women. Go ahead. Just go ahead and finish your point. But it's yeah, not what I'm saying is. Say we need to talk to women about being accessible. I know we need to. It's just most of our what, sisters are not doing it. They're begging and wanting the men to be accessible. What, that is, and there are some women that do what you're saying, but that's not the majority of women. So when you call on call, you're saying we need to talk to these women. I don't like that blanket statement, brother. I'm just being honest with you. Well, what is that? Well, I'm not giving it as a blanket statement. See, first of all, we got to stop taking stuff personal when we bring up certain subjects. What I'm saying is this. I'm not taking it personal. I'm a man. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm talking about, we're talking about people that have a problem. We're not talking about the people who don't have no problem. These questions are directed to those who have a problem, who have something going on in their relationship, something going on in their lives, whatever. We're not talking. See, people, people, what I'm saying is people comment when they don't have a problem. You don't have problems. This not your this not your fight. Shut up. Be over there. We're not talking about you. Keep doing what you do. You know what you're doing, right? We're talking about the people that are complaining, going back and forth, the people that are on these forums, going back and forth. Those are the ones we're talking about. And those people okay. have those problems. Those okay. people have so that disconnect to, between the men so and women. So how do you propose that we talk to the specific women that have that problem? Like what would be the way to do it? Like I'm not talking about like like, like it's it's easy to say what we should say to them. I want to know the how you would help our community do. Both it. of us have to be softer. Both of us have to be softer. And we Who's know, come on now, we've been in relationships, and man, these girls will take you to the limit. You know what I'm saying? I know I didn't been in it. I didn't have my son's been it. I didn't. You can go to the barbershop, and these fellows will uh, uh, blow a cap when you start bringing these kind of subjects up. I mean, they get. Oh, they blow up. In, you so, know, you so tell me how we, would, how we would go they, about talking to the women that do that. How would how would we structurally well, do it? As a culture? Really, 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 we, we can say it, but women got to tell other women how to be women. I'm sorry, grandma was there for a reason. The eldership, the aunts, and the grandmothers were there for a reason that came from homes that had fathers in them. Their job is to show them how to treat their men. That's their job. That's a woman's job. Just like it's a man's job. Just like they get on us by teaching these boys how to be men and all that. It's your job to check your own women. But y'all scared to check your own sisters. Y'all go out with these women. Y'all go, y'all hang with these women. Y'all think it's funny. Y'all or y'all scared to even talk because she got that big mouth because she ready to fight you when you say something to her. 
doing, especially our women. Because why? They know they have the law on their side, and as soon as you say something to them, they, they turn it up. You got women running in cars and running fellows over and stuff like that. Come on now. You got to check that. Your own people, your friends around you need to check you when you're doing right. So I call, I call BS because I think uh, the reason I call BS is the same reason I'm saying to Christy. The, the, you know, she fairly asked me, what are you saying to these young men? So I feel like I could turn around and, and turn this right back around to Christy and say, like, based on what you're saying, and if I ask people like Christy and other, these other beautiful women that I'm around, what are they teaching other <laughs> girls? They're going to be doing some of the same work and teaching the exact same things that you're saying, and where none of us are addressing how to have the dialogue with the element. Of well, those who don't come, who don't come under that provision, that who doesn't, who doesn't, who don't come under that provision. Like I'm it's trying Christian to just really have us wrap our head around that. Christy, am I making sense? That I'm trying to be consistent on both sides of this. Now that we have this, well, what is, well, this being presented. Hold on, hold on real quick. Hold on real quick, Kevin. Hold on real quick. Hold on. Okay. I just want to. I want Christy to jump in here. And, and do you see where I'm trying to be consistent on? We, we can easily have a conversation. We talk about what needs to be done, but we got, I think we have to get realistic on the how. That's where I'm challenging That's all of you at. I'm at quick you just, I'm asking Christy to speak, then you get to speak. Go okay. ahead, Christy. Okay. I do see that, but, I mean, I feel like I'm answering your question when I say we need to talk to kids in high school and colleges before they mm-hmm. end up in their 20s That's in these situations. We need That's to, fair. you know, expand the um not just the so a lot of times we talk about sex education in high school and that is something that is often frowned about and frowned upon in certain communities because parents don't want their kids learning about sex and everything but even if aside from sex education i think what you're talking about and is a what is a conversation that we can have in school is responsibility within Mm -hmm. within a family unit so Mm -hmm. maybe that's what where we should approach it from and, you know, try and see if there's a program that we can get in schools that teaches family responsibility or familial responsibility, parenting responsibility. And so where we're not focused on what happens during sex, but what happens after sex when you have these children. Um, And, I mean, some schools do have, like, home economics. It's usually only the schools that, you know, are alternative where kids have been kicked out for being pregnant that they actually Mm -hmm. talk about how to raise a baby, and then only the girl is going to that class because she has a baby, and they're teaching them how to, like, swaddle and take care of the baby. But in general education in schools, nobody's talking to kids about how to be a responsible parent because the expectations with within schools has always been that that's the parent's job to teach that in the home. And I think now that we're at this critical point of mm-hmm. 72% of homes being mm-hmm. single-parent homes, Schools mm-hmm. have not t- have not taken into account the fact that these kids aren't getting that at home. So now we right. take it to a place where we can reach them all in a group and share this information. And it might not it might even need to start at a younger space right. in middle school, you know, where we're like addressing the kids before they drop out and saying, "Look, you know, yes, mm-hmm. we understand your fathers weren't at home, but if there was a man in the house." This is what he should do. Or if you become the man of the house, 
this is how you should behave. And if you accidentally slip up and get somebody pregnant and have children, this is the responsibility that is incumbent upon you to make sure that this doesn't keep happening. So I, I definitely think that there should be a program, you know, put in place at that level where we make it less about sex per se just for the parents that are against sex education and make right. it about responsibility and parenting and, and you know, showing up for for families. And also, you know, kind of as a, as a therapy and an um, informational session to know what these boys should have expected for their fathers because honestly I think a lot mm-hmm. of the reason that men That's get right. away with so much of not being responsible is the kids give them a pass the kids are so happy when they show up they don't want to say dad how can you haven't been here for weeks how can you haven't been around for months how can we yeah, haven't we been don't able know. to get we don't know like, we're so happy to see them I was that kid I was that kid right I so, so men no are getting what. a pass Women are getting the blame from the kids. Men are getting a pass from the kids. And so they don't actually feel a greater sense of responsibility to that child. Whereas if the child, you know, is taught this man has a responsibility. As a man, you have a responsibility to do these things for your child. Then the child can look at his life and be like, my dad ain't doing that. And then go home and say, dad, you know, when he does see him, when he does talk to him on the phone, how come you're not doing this? My teacher said you sh- you should be doing this, this, and this, <laughs> but you're not doing none of that. You know what I'm saying? But these yeah, no, children don't have an idea of what to oh, expect. Yeah, right, no, that makes a lot of sense. We are up against the break. Kevin, we'll get you out of the break. Um, it makes a lot of sense because, I mean, a lot of what you're saying makes a lot of sense to me from this standpoint because every now and then you have these amazing fathers who didn't have an example in the house and they end up being an amazing father because they end up being the absolute opposite to, of what they were, what their father was to them. But that's rare. What happens is a lot of us digest not having that relationship with our father and subconsciously due to not being taught accountability, end up repeating the cycle. So it ends up being rare. And I, and I know some fathers like this who are amazing fathers because they work so hard at being the opposite of what their father was. But I see more young men, young men fall into the cycle than actually doing that. And so I love a lot of what you're saying. And I think some of what you're saying, Christy, is just being prompted by me forcing our hand on trying to, believe it or not, I'm trying to stop simply playing the blame game because the blame game never comes up with a concept for how good men and good women would better handle the culture. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? It's so good, it should be illegal. But if you miss the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of intelligent radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. 
In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781-4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478-781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. Here's the thing. When you when you ask me who should be responsible that moment, who's clearly not? The dude that said, can I take this off? He got no level of responsibility. So to expect him to have the responsibility is backwards as hell. Because he just proved in that moment he tried to go up in you wrong. He just proved in that moment. Y'all in the heat of the moment, y'all don't know each other. And he asked to take it off or just try to go up in you wrong without trying to even put a condom on. He, this to to we would be foolish to expect that man that young hear this. Now other people are going to say, well, teach men not to do that. We do, but the reality is some men gonna still gonna do that. So that should be your biggest red flag of them all. He tried to enter you raw, and y'all just you know this y'all first time. Please get yourself about that situation. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Christy Gaynell. This morning's discussion question, should a man take responsibility for a child he never wanted? Uh, we got Brother Kevin out of South Carolina on the line with us. We're going to open up with his thoughts for this segment. Go ahead, King. We, we finally back to you. Right. Put you on pause. Okay. I hope I hope I hope where I'm again I'm challenging you not to just simply make this a blame game thing because sometimes we don't realize yeah, yeah, I, that's all we're doing. I'm challenging yeah. you, brother. Go ahead. First of all, yeah. we have to stop worrying about uh, labels, trying to decide which side we're on. See, first of all, this is a community we're talking about, and people that operate within the community. First of all, we don't have rules punish behavior that shouldn't be going on. Now, and well, I tell, I get this question a lot. Well, how do we help our people? How do we help? Them? First of all, you have to learn and know your people, your demographic of people that you're trying to fix. And if you don't understand them, where they are at that moment, you're not qualified to teach them. Now, what I mean is this. You said something with you had you in the hot seat a minute ago. Well, I don't know those kind of fellas. I don't they ain't in my kind of circle, blah 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 blah. Now, you're dealing with someone that has the, the qualifications because I deal with fellas on all kind of levels. I'm talking about all kind of levels. I didn't, I mean I know fellas that are dope dealers, I know fellas that are killers. Okay. I know fellas so that you, are killers. What, okay, what do you do? So what do you do? Tell me what you're doing. Tell me what you're doing versus your quality. First of all, when I'm talking to our men, I'm, I'm straight and direct, straight and direct. I don't come with them with fear because they, they do not like fearful men trying to tell them what they want to hear. I, even when I deal with our sisters, I don't tell them what they want to hear. I tell them what they need to hear. Like I tell okay. them, if you don't want to know the truth, don't ask me. If 
Okay, don't want to know the truth. Okay, brother, 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 I want to hear so, what you're telling okay. them and tell me, uh, help me understand the well, results. Well, like, I'm going to get it. Some, yeah, because yeah, I, I got another caller, so I'm just trying to push you through it because I want to hear what you're doing, what's the result, because if it's something we can learn from, I want to get to that. I want to get to that. Let me get through it. I got it. Now, what I'm saying is this. I, I have to lay that context because now I need to know, see, now that I identify myself as the, the teacher. Now, the students are not allowed to talk while the teacher's teaching. Because if y'all knew what y'all were doing, y'all wouldn't be in the predicament y'all So in. just tell me what you're it's teaching them and, and, and the results, brother, at this point because i got another caller. What, what I'm so saying, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't let you walk through it like this. So tell me what you're teaching them. Just tell me what you're teaching them and what's the results. This what I'm saying. This is part of that teaching. That teaching said, is legit. If you're not responsible enough to take care of your responsibilities, don't do it. And for the people that are sitting around in your circle, if they allow you to do this, then they are aiding and abetting your crime. Your exactly. crime of not taking. Like I told them, stop hanging with fellas that going ain't gonna do their job. Once you didn't talk this, not gonna hold you accountable. Right. So, what yes. type of results have you got? Look at, brother. What the type of results, brother? I'm a, I'm a, brother? What type of results have you got? I'm trying to let you get that out, so I can go to the next well, call. Oh, oh, they, they, are, they, are, they are taking care of their. I didn't went into the prisons and talked to these brothers in prison, and they run right. up on me on the street. Hey, man, came in there. That was that real talk. I'm taking care of my kids now, man. Me and my baby mama then got back together. Nice. This, that, and the third. I have women that done the same thing. Like I said, nice. everybody's telling I them you, brother. not hurt their feelings. My job is not to, to be your friend. My job is to save your life. No, I got That's it, brother. So, so, so are you, have you scaled, I'm just wondering, have you scaled a program where other men are doing what you're doing or is it just what you've been able to do on your own? Just real. And I'm, well, not, I'm not challenging. I'm just asking. Our thing is this. I, don't, I have many programs that I work with, but this is an everyday thing. This is a culture that we're we talking about. See, yeah, everybody waiting for this organization to pop up. And they wind up being something that they, they don't do nothing. Well, like I said, I was if just wondering had you scale what you if what you've been having successfully. Uh-oh. I was just wondering had you been able to scale it. Now I what respect. It. Let me get you. I got it, brother. I got to let you go because I got another caller, brother. I got another caller. You know I'll get you back in next week. All right. Thanks a lot for your call, right. Kevin. Area code five seven one last three two three seven. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Hey, Montoya. This is uh, Emil Bryant. How you doing, brother? Hey, how you doing, King? What you got for me this morning? Hey, it's a beautiful discussion, and uh, three points. Uh, one, a man is responsible for everything that comes out of his body. A woman is responsible for everything that goes in her body. And once we teach this very basic point, we can help them make some better decisions about what happens to their body. And nice. a child is part of your body, so you don't, you don't have an option. You're responsible for what comes out of your body all the way until it's disposed properly. If it ain't disposed properly, it's your responsibility. It doesn't matter. If you pee on the street or you have sex, unprotected sex, it's all the same. It's coming out of your body. It's your responsibility. For the woman that's the same side, she's got control over her body. What goes in her body is her responsibility. So between the two, we have shared responsibility. And until we teach that consistently, we're going to have these problems. And I know we're trying to overcome a lot of problems, but we have to start at the fundamentals. You're responsible for everything that comes out of your body. And, of course, there are accidents and rape and incest. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about voluntary choices, and we need to be more careful about how we teach what goes into and out of our bodies. Second point, 
Um, I taught my children the power of life through the power of death. Uh, I took them to the gun range when they were old enough to uh, start having sex. And I took them to the gun range as an illustration of the power of death. And we shot the gun. We learned gun safety. We went through all the rules and all the responsibilities of holding a gun. And I used that as the association for what's between their legs. And that helps them make a very clear distinction about the power of life that they control. And I made it very obvious. If you can fire this gun and you have a gun safety course that you can go through, your body is the, has the exact same power on the other side. It can create life. And there is a safety course that you can go through that I'm going to take you through to help you make the best decision possible to preserve the use or to properly use that creation power. So the gun range was my way of helping my children make an association to the power of creation. That gun nice. feels good in the hand. When you fire it, it, has, it creates lots of emotions and feelings, sometimes satisfying, sometimes disorienting, but all of them you're able to learn and master without having to necessarily experiment with the actual power of life or death as it works. Third point, and this is one that I just love the conversation that's happening. At the real talk level, we have to stop thinking that one size fits all. There are people who have generations of their family who have been irresponsible. Generations of their mm -hmm. family who have been irresponsible. Mm -hmm. And we're not talking to them with the, with the education or the mindset that they need in order to help them see why their mother had them at 15, their grandmother had their mother at 15, yes. and their great-grandmother had their grandmother at 15. So there are five, six, seven, five or six generations in a household uh, due to, and I'm just going to say it, due to irresponsibility. People don't understand. Right. And I'm not putting it on them. There's a system right. in place. And we're being forced into these behaviors that we don't know, but we have to start talking about limited time. where they are from that Yeah, let me jump in. Let me jump in. Let me jump in because we're on limited time. And because I think you're making a key point here, I wanted to see how what you're saying relates to what Christy offered to the prior break, where she was saying, based on these current situations, maybe we need to do some of this more this is what a family responsibility looks like since we're not getting it naturally anymore with intact families. So how do, you, how do you think what she suggested might apply to what you're talking about now? And I just want to get that quick thought so we only got a couple minutes left. Absolutely. What she said is we have to use the institutions we have available and we have to create some new ones. And um, I'm a big fan of Saturday schools, which I know a lot of people are not, but we got to get, we may, we may have to augment the education system in order to get this done. And, and the reason I'm pointing it out is because it's like it's like let's wake up the community that the conversations we've been having on whose fault it is is getting us nowhere, and we, the number keeps going the wrong direction. I love Christy coming up with that idea, and I love Saturday school makes a lot of sense because we know in a lot of other areas, a lot of cultures do that with a lot of things. At this time, it's like let's own our from systemic stuff irresponsibility, whatever that may be. And I, as much as I push healthy marriage before children, I think what Christy offered could help even that hashtag. Christy, I'm going to give you the last thought. Thank you, Emil, for your thoughts this morning. Hello. Christy, got a minute. Um, give us the last thought. I, I actually had somebody text me and say, you guys need to do a second, a second show on this same topic because this is deep. 
So I just wanted to put that out there, Montoya. Uh, this topic has gotten, like, a lot of positive reaction, and people want to hear more and talk about it more. Um, I'm glad you brought this conversation to the forefront, and I'm glad I was able to be a part of it. <laughs> so thank you for inviting me on the show, and uh, thank you for having me. And if anybody wants to find me on social media or look me up, it's Christy Gaynell, spelled C-H-R-I-S-T-Y-G-A-Y-N-E-L-L on all social media platforms. So thank you again. No, thank you so much for holding me down, Queen. Um, Next Saturday, um, you know, every next Saturday, the J.L. Priester Prophets, uh, Passion to Prophets webinar. Please go look them up on mykupanya.com, M-Y-K-U-P-O-N-Y-A.com. You have a youth or teenager who wants to become an entrepreneur, I highly, highly recommend that webinar. We thank them for sponsoring, but I love the work that this woman is doing. All right, we'll see y'all next Saturday. All I ask is that you think. What about your seed, nigga? What about your seed?